0: We can begin in five, four, three, two, one. Fragments of silicon. It's better to listen to than it is to step on.
1: Welcome to a new season of Fragments of Silicon, uh, the European Interviews Edition. Um, joining us this week is Daniel Santos uh, of uh, 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 Fonseca. Sorry. Fonseca, thank you, <laughs> of Stage Clear Studios. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um, right, so um, we're on a bit of a timer, so let's just get into it. Um, we like to uh, start... Things by asking how people got interested in video games both on a professional and a personal level.
2: Uh, Well, uh, for us, we started... um, Well, myself, I started directly a professional uh, a lot of years ago. And, uh, well, uh, I started working more than 11 years ago uh, as programmer. And... uh, I started doing uh, making video games for all smart, not smartphones for phones without smart word in the beginning, (laughs) and uh, then I jumped to electronic cards. And in electronic cards, I started as programmer for several titles like FIFA, Dead Space, and others, and that was my start as um, as console programmer. And years later, I also jumped back to other studios, and then I f- uh, founded my company. This one, Stitch Care Studios, when I was 24 years old. Um, that's that thing. That's pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm 30, so we ha- our company is six years old. But yes, I started early. <laughs> <coughs>
1: And um, what was, like, um, were you into video games before you got into the industry, or is that something uh, that happened, you know, uh, when you started, like, working at EA?
2: <laughs> no, I, I mean, I loved video games since I was a child. Um, so I focused my studios on on the things to start working on video games. So, yes, I started before. I, I mean, I made things on uh, myself at home as amateur, Uh, but then I jumped to, I mean, the most professional jump was when, of course, when I went to Electronic Arts, but I did uh, things myself before that. Mm.
1: And uh, what was it like working on phone games back then?
2: Oh, (laughs) it was, uh, it was, uh, um quite uh, a nice experience because it was when all phones were Java and were even so modest, didn't have even a speaker <laughs> so it was really nice for because you learn a lot of optimization but uh, the good point is it was not for a for long time so it's it was good but of course I prefer consoles, consoles are PC of course
1: Hmm. I, I don't blame you, uh, especially considering we're talking. We're talking like pre-iphone here. Like, uh, like from what I've gathered, it was quite the confined space. Like, hey, what? Um, yeah, phone games back in the day were really, really tight to work on. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: As opposed to today, there's
0: a, there's a lot more. Uh, freedom. Yeah, yeah, there were big file size limits for a long time and stuff. Yes,
2: right? yes, exactly because uh, you had uh, only a few megabytes for for the, as limit, but it was not only the the this file size, but also the RAM limits, the all different limits. Uh, for example, what I want to say that some models didn't have any speaker, for example, so you had a lot of limitations right now, for example, making a game for an iphone it's or or Android is really really different uh, because for example uh, you have probably uh, no limits on 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 what you can do uh, for example of well, your obviously you have uh, say limits. But, uh, um, I mean, right now, for example, you have Unity, you have other engines that makes a lot of things for you. But uh, when I started, you didn't have anything of that. And you had to make that not only the game, but also your engine doesn't uh, fill all all the space and that kind of things.
1: Yeah, that that sounds congruent with what other early phone developers have told us. (laughs) Right. Um, so what was it like working uh, at EA? And where, do, where at EA did you work?
2: I worked on EA Madrid. Here in Madrid, there is a studio, uh, a big one. For here you have, uh, for example, integration and also localization. Uh, so I worked here as an engineer, um, and it was really a really nice experience. Uh, because obviously you have access to a really nice technology that you only can have access on the big studios and for me it's, the, it's where I learned the, the most uh, um, I worked on the, the, the biggest brands and with the best people and that was a really really nice experience in my life
1: and how long were you at uh, EA? One year. Hmm, not, not that long. No, uh, no. I, I, and I suppose that what we're getting at here is, um, so what made you want to leave EA and go found your own studio?
2: Well, there is uh, some studios between EA and my own studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, because after EA, I went... To a small indie dev as programmer, mm-hmm. and um, I decided to make my own studio because, uh, well, it was not my dream to be uh, to make to fund uh, my own studio, and um, I, I know it's you know that sometimes uh, you say, hey, uh, I would like to do this one, and um, probably this is the moment. Uh, it says, okay, let's go and do this. That that was more or less the, the decision. Hmm. Makes
1: sense. Makes sense. And well now um I suppose we should get into what Stage Clear Studios actually does, and it does a lot. Yes. Um, yeah. Um so for those who might not be familiar with their work that they do. Um, pretty much everything. They, they, they do original games, they do ports, and you even do like um, uh, work for hire and art outsourcing.
2: Uh, correct.
1: Yeah. And uh, I suppose the question here is, what made you want to approach indie development in such a diverse manner?
2: Well, um, the thing is that our company is totally self-funded. We mm-hmm. have no investors, we have no uh, outside funds. So, um, the, the, to make our own games, we need to uh, self-fund it. So, to be able to fund all our <coughs> games, uh, we decided to offer our experience because uh, the people in the team has previous experience on consoles. So, it's not common, or at least it's not common in Spain to have console experience and we decided to uh, put that experience on working on other titles as you said on um, uh, game porting or work for hire, also co-development code so we started doing things for other projects and we grow it we grow it and we are still growing and then that's the way we can uh, find our own projects because meanwhile we do ports or other thing or work for hire we are doing also our own project. Uh, do you hear me?
0: Um, Adam dropped. Give him a second. He's been having connection issues. Sorry, I had my mic muted. Yeah, so uh, you you can keep going on what you were talking about for this for now. We'll see when we can get him back.
2: Okay, now it's that that all the the summary that uh, we do different things that uh, port into consoles, like for example PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Uh, for title like for example Max Max: The Curse of Brotherhood is a title that we ported on PS4 and Switch, uh, and we also uh, self-published it on on Switch.
1: Um, was Max: The Curse of Brotherhood your first? Um title you did independently, or are there others? Uh,
2: well, the Max of the Brotherhood uh, is the first title that we port and published also. Uh, the, the first title published by the, the company. Uh, before that, we have done other projects, like for example Signing the Firefly. We have also got developed uh, Yesterday Origins, that I'm not pretty sure um, if you know about it, because it's not. I think it's more uh, famous in, in in Europe than in yeah, United sorry, States.
1: Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. My in- not out there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where were Where were we?
0: We were just talking a little bit about Max the Brotherhood, Curse oh, Brotherhood. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. I was. I was telling that uh, yeah. Max is the was. was one The first project that we uh, just published it on Switch.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, so Max, The Curse of the Brotherhood. Uh, this is a very interesting game because this actually used to be pro- uh, owned by Microsoft via press play, and now they're flashball games. Exactly. And I, I don't know if you've answered this question because, like I said, my internet cut out there for a bit and I just joined. So, but um, how did you get involved with Max?
2: Uh, sorry, a little bit. Um,
1: How did you get involved with Max The Curse of the Brotherhood?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, I had a long relationship with uh, Flashbar, uh former press play, and... Uh, well, uh, we I worked with them a lot and lots of years ago uh, when they were first play. So, uh, well, one day they told us to to start porting the game for for PS4. So we ported it, and later when we ported it, we said we we can also port it to Switch and, and self Policy, and they say, hey, uh, okay, let's go and. That we did. That is what we did. Um, We are really happy.
1: (laughs) Indeed, and... um, I suppose another question is, uh, how did you end up self-publishing on the Switch versus uh, the PlayStation 4?
2: Well, we uh, published it for Switch, uh, because, well, for PS4, there were another publisher involved in the porting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for Switch, we said... uh, I think we have enough experience to also to launch to publish. Um, well, we 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 try it. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it's it was a good title for Switch that we think that is the probably the best uh, console fit for Max. And uh, we decided directly to okay, this is probably the best project to to become a publisher also. So. That was, I mean, it, I, I'm trying to explain that we saw it pretty clear to, right, to make right. the jump.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. It it seemed like the right opportunity, the you know, the right platform, the right game to um, transition from uh, development to uh, publishing as well.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. And and. Um, was was there anything about the publishing process you found particularly challenging or was it all pretty smooth?
2: Uh, well, um, the most challenging is uh, how are you going to reach all the audience. Um, um, also, the, the most complex thing for, for obviously for European companies to reach uh, American press. And the American uh, target, uh, but what we did it was to have two peer guys: one peer focused on Europe, and another one focused on America, and that worked pretty well. Um, I mean, that was it was our first title as publisher, so it was just uh, you know, it's like, what do you think is the best uh, approach? And that's what we did. So, finally, I'm. We are really happy because everything went pretty smooth. Um, also, we launched at a demo. Uh, that's not, come pretty common, uh, and I think that also helped us with the, with the launch.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. Um, has Max been doing well on the switch? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I suppose going a bit deeper. Um, can you define how well it's been doing
2: on the Switch? Or... Uh, well, I can't. You know, that I can give details about that things. <laughs> right,
1: right. And it's a bit harder here because, you know, it's on the PlayStation 4, but you're not the publisher of that version, so you probably wouldn't have access to that information. You know, it's just we've been hearing a lot of success stories on the Switch, and, you know, the Switch version of X game has sold the most and all that stuff. So hopefully that's been, you know, it's good that it's been working out for you.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it it it's well. So that's that's the summary. <laughs>
1: yeah. So switching gears from the publishing to the element side, was there any particular challenges in bringing Max to the Switch?
2: Performance. Uh, um, we have really impressed with the powerful of uh, of Switch. Um, because it's stronger than you can expect because um, we were able to put the same graphic quality than on the big consoles like, like PS4 on Xbox One I mean big because obviously they are uh, bigger in size and they have a m- better GPU but uh, anyway, uh, Switch, uh, when when you know how more or less optimize a game For Switch, it can run with the pretty same quality, art quality as as on PS4 or Xbox One. Obviously, uh, it will not work as smoother as on PS4 and Xbox One because uh, PS4 runs at 60 frames per second, uh, but on Switch it runs at 30. But uh, that's one of, of the, you know, the limits if you want to run at the same quality as the the other consoles.
1: Yeah, it's always uh, the trade-off. Uh, you know, fidelity versus performance. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people when it comes to, like, 2D platformers, uh, performance usually, you know, it's not, they prefer, like, the 60 frames per second over, you know, better graphics. But, uh, you know, you do what you have to do to get games on weaker hardware, especially since... I don't think people uh, quite realize how big the gulf is between, like, the Switch and the PlayStation 4. I mean, the Switch is powerful, but it's nowhere near as powerful as the PlayStation 4. You are going to have to make sacrifices to get, you know, a game that was built for the big consoles onto the Switch.
2: Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's it's obvious. I mean, uh, if you compare the size of a Switch uh, with the size of a PS4, Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> the, yeah. the the size, you know, it's uh, the, the, the the anyway, uh, the switch is really proper for for the size it has.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nvidia and Nintendo really did a good job on all the design and making it about as powerful as it could be, <coughs> given all the circumstances. And um, I suppose uh, so. How well does it run in portable mode? Uh,
2: well, uh, it runs uh, really well. because because we try to make no big difference on TV than on Portable. Uh, The game runs at uh, 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 720p and uh, we try to keep the same on on TV so you don't see any big difference from both modes. So it runs uh, almost the same. There are probably one place where maybe TV works slightly better, but it's not noticeable.
1: Hmm. Well, that's good to hear. You know, it's like some yeah. Sometimes the ports don't fare so well, but you know, uh, this is not one of those. Anyway, uh, the game is made in Unity. Uh, did that provide any special challenges bringing it either to the PlayStation 4 or the Switch?
2: Uh, No, no, because uh, Unity and Unreal has a great support Mm
1: -hmm. so
2: um, you know that uh, they are always trying to optimize the engine um, they are always trying to improve it uh, all the things that could face as problems uh, they helped us to solve it um, I mean it I think that without Unity uh, we were not able to make the same exact game. That's my thought.
1: Yeah, I'm like, well, that's good to hear. Especially since uh, yeah, Unity has been a decidedly mixed product in the past. Like, we've had our share of developers who um, not had unkind things to say about it, but have mentioned that um, Unity was quirky especially on consoles and
2: hard to optimize? Uh, Well, I mean, uh, uh, obviously, uh, in one, two years, Switch projects will be better optimized from Unity than right now, but uh, it's normal. I mean, uh, when an engine tries to support as many platforms as they support, it's not easy to focus on one console and make from the beginning the best optimised engine but uh, I think that no engine supports that except an engine that only focuses on consoles or or something like that but in my opinion uh, it's normal from my experience Um, it's uh, probably some people will defend that no, it's better to have your own engine of course it's better but uh, if you are a triple-A company, maybe. Even AAA companies uses Unity or Unreal because, I mean, uh, time is money, you know? And uh...
0: and developing your own engine is just no longer really feasible.
2: Exactly. Yeah. At least if you are, if you are making a triple game that no uh, engine offers what you need, that's the only reason I will... I think that's needed.
1: Right, yeah, it's like like Ubisoft's used uh, Unity and like for the grow home games. Like, I'm not sure if blanking on anything uh, like EA's done in Unity, but yeah, they they do use them. But they do like for their big uh, franchises, they have their own in-house engines these days, like um, Frostbite for EA and. Forget what they call unit um ubisoft's big engine
2: um good question
1: <laughs> anyway um so given the success of Max the uh, curse of the brotherhood um w- would you be looking to do the publishing gig again both on switch and on other platforms
2: uh yes yes we 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 are looking for other projects but uh uh we are not going we are not becoming a publisher of publishing everything uh we 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 all we only publish again if we find a project that really fits in our uh in, in, I mean that we really see clearly that it will work well and it will be a good game to, to publish uh because we prefer to work with other publishers, porting the games and making that kind of things than Making a big uh, publishing team here.
1: It's probably a good stance to take. You know, it, it, if the opportunity arises, you'll take it. But um, not seeking active publishing on your own. Uh, we have talked to other developers who who do the, who do this kind of thing, and yeah, sometimes that doesn't work out so well.
2: Yeah, It's a, it's, a, it's a bet. So yes. for that reason, we. If we, uh, we, for sure, we will be looking for more titles to publish, but we will be looking for projects that we are pretty sure that will work.
1: Mm. And I suppose the, the next question that comes after it, um, do you have one of those titles in waiting in the wings or not?
2: Yes, but I can't tell anything by now, so <laughs> it's early. That, yes, we, we are looking for, for we are looking some, some projects.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Um, so switching over to other projects, uh, I mean, there's a lot here, um, but I think some of the ones I think we'll focus on are um, done from Head Up Games as they're actually friends of ours. Um, we've been working together for several years now. In fact, we had them on the show last year. Yes, they
2: they work with them for for from the beginning of of our company.
1: Indeed, and uh, well, how did you um, meet Head Up Games?
2: Uh, it was uh, five years ago when we had our first game made, uh, signing the Firefly. Uh, we met in a, in an event uh, in France. Uh, we were looking for a publisher for our first title as company. And then, well, we meet a lot of publishers, but definitely we went with them and then started our our partnership. and uh, They are really, really, really good friends of mine right now. Uh, We have been working in more titles, like, for example, uh, Bridge Constructor Portal that is Mm -hmm. already uh, launched and is going to be launched in... Few days in PS4. Right. We also <laughs> working on other titles. We are also working right now on Rambo with them on 13 AM. That's it's from Canada. And other titles that uh, we also uh, developed again with Head Up called uh, Super Blackjack Battle. I, I don't know if you know it. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, Super Blackjack Battle 2 Turbo Edition. Not only, uh, did, not yeah, only I think did. we reviewed that one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Like I said, we've been like we tend to review uh, most ahead-up games um, products, provided they have a PC version. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we did review that one. Um, I recall we said, you know, it was a good game of blackjack. It's just, it was just a g- good game of blackjack.
2: Well, it's a game of blackjack, <laughs> so <laughs> you
1: know it. It did what it did well. It's just you know, uh, how do I put this? We do. We are in an era where you can find these kind of programs for free on like the PC or mobile.
2: Yeah, but uh, the, the the good point of of of, of that game is uh, it has. A un- uh, obviously, yeah. I'm the developer, so <laughs> I, yeah. I will not say bad things. But uh, it has, a, in my opinion, a good uh, original soundtrack. It has a good uh, all pixel art style. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that,
1: that that was the that was um, how do I put this? That, that, that was definitely the. Selling points of the game, all of the presentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're not bashing the game or anything. It's just you know we do have to take into account where you know what the uh, what's going on around it and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, when we review a title, it's like none of us hated it or anything. It's you know it it was a yeah, good it's just it like, just
0: it didn't have a whole ton of a hook on the on the blackjack compared to some yeah. other games. Yeah. You know, it's like. You
1: know, but anyway, yeah, th- that was a, pr- you know, that was a pretty good game. <laughs> and, uh, is that still coming to the Switch? Because I remember a Switch version being announced for
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming soon. Yes, um, and next week, Head Up is going to show it uh, on GDC.
1: Okay, all right. G- GDC is almost here already. Like one month, one yeah. month. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Um, anyway, um, you only did the uh, PlayStation Four version of uh, Portal Bridge Constructor, correct?
2: Yes. Hmm.
1: Like makes sense. Um, given that you're only what ten people
2: in the company. Yeah. We are almost 30 people.
1: Ah, there we oh. go, there we go. I was reading an inaccurate number here.
2: Like, <laughs> like No, we have grown with a lot on the mm-hmm. past months. Uh, right now, we are almost 30 people, counting uh, peer guys, musicians, um, all people. Right. And...
1: Is... Uh, uh, how is working on Portal Bridge Constructor versus uh, other Bridge Constructor titles?
2: Well, uh, Bridge Protector Portal for us is the best, obviously, because it mixes really well with, with Portal Saga. Um, because it's... Uh, I mean, it's funnier if because you have different things that only making b- uh, bridges. But uh, any bridge constructor portal is uh is fun because they are really well made Uh, uh, it's made by clockstone that they they made a really good brand uh but for us the best is portal because that is Portal. (laughs) well yeah
1: it's like it's not just the all the you know the valve portal stuff but uh as i noted in our review the actual design of Portal Bridge Constructor uh, got a lot more creative because, you know, you've got the portals
0: there. Yep. Like,
1: and uh, regarding the... Yeah, post- that was
0: kind of our experience with that game, is that having it be portal makes it a little bit more fun. <laughs> well, but, you it,
2: have, but you have portals, you know. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah,
1: it's like, it got... It could do a lot of stuff that... Uh, a normal bridge constructor game can't because bridge constructor games usually are sort of conflated in reality like you know you have to use real world building materials and all that stuff with the the portal set it got a lot more fantastic
0: yeah, people who are in the bridge construction for the heavy physics simulation of driving trucks over bridges made it that they could actually build in real life might not like that one so much, but people who are in it for, like, the video game would probably mm-hmm. like it more.
2: Uh, yeah, but, I mean, uh, um, w- why do you play British Constructor? Because, I mean, uh, if you are an engineer, uh, probably you will looking for the realistic, so uh, anyway, in Portal, you also have to make the bridges like more or less in the real life. But Bridge um, uh, Constructor Portal is obviously more limited for 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 other gamers. That hey, I would never play it. Bridge Constructor Portal. Eh, uh, sorry, Bridge Constructor Saga. But Bridge Constructor Portal is more. You know, oh. mm, I don't know how to explain it, but it's more like for. I, uh,
1: I, I think it can help you. I'm um, like I will admit portal bridge constructor is a bit more um simple than uh, like uh, normal bridge constructor, if only because um they have like universal widgets for their building constructions as opposed to um like say regular bridge bridge constructor where you have to take into account do I build this out of wood? do I build this out of steel? Yeah, kind of deal. You know, it's a bit more accessible than a um, normal bridge constructor, will say.
2: Yeah, it's, it's more for gamers. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Anyway, um, so what other projects do you have um, in development that you can speak about right now?
2: Well, we have uh, other ports, like, for example, uh Sleoy Camp with the uh, Digirati distribution. Uh we have uh do you play Slayer Camp? Uh
1: sadly I have not play- uh, played that one. I recommend you that
2: one. <laughs> it's a really funny game. Uh it's um um it's a uh, like Ictis horror movies uh yeah. I-, I recommend you to take a look at. Uh yeah. we also all have ported Letter uh, lettercast uh on Switch. Uh, we have ported the ReCut on Switch uh, we have ported um Arben and Auto for PS4 and Xbox 1 um, what mm. more um, and little more more titles and right and uh, right now we are also we also work it on on the art side on programming side of Rhyme uh, Rime mm. for mm. PS4 we we did programming and art uh, we also worked on, on, on the art of uh, Sexy Brutal. Mm. Uh, we also worked for other games like After Pills, Responables. Um. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, we have done a lot of, of work for other titles. Uh, we also got developed, uh, we did all in game uh, programming and art of, uh, do you know, uh, Jester Origins? Uh, uh, yes, its
1: origins uh,
2: not not too
1: much about it like I, I know the name it's like
2: uh, it's more, it's uh, i think it's more famous in Europe than in america uh, it's uh, um, um well, it's, uh, you know it's uh, a classic uh, adventure game um, uh, what more um uh, Right now, we are making a new game, our own game, uh, okay. but it's still in our early stage, so we can't tell uh, much about it um, but I mean in more and more pre-its that it's they are coming to consoles mm. well
1: um certainly looking forward to see what you do next, um especially your original game uh. Hopefully, we'll have you back on the program when the when those projects are ready to be talked about. Mike. Um, uh any final questions from my colleagues here uh, about any of the projects that uh, Stage Clear has worked on in the past? Nothing that I can think of.
0: Yeah, I think I'm good for now. Okay. Oh,
1: well, uh, Daniel, it was lovely uh, having you on the program.
2: Like. Thank you for for the invite.
1: Yeah, uh, no problem, no problem. Uh, I think we uh, got through it pretty well, uh, technical problems aside.
2: <laughs> but yeah, my, my my English is good, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Tr- trust me, we you know we've had the un- the unintelligible on the program before, although that was more of a connection thing combined with a heavy accent. So. <laughs> technical problems can be really really irksome anyway um anyway once again thank you for joining us um hopefully we'll have you back um when new stuff arrives to be talked about and that'll about do it for this installment of fragments of silicon be sure to tune in tomorrow for our main show the first alpha show of season nine as we welcome over the moon games to talk about the fall to unbound and until then i wish you good gaming